Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. You're listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA legends, pros, and top instructors come to share their stories, insights, and tips. Now, back to you, Chris. All right, now joining me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Michelle Holmes. Let me give you a little more background on Michelle. She is from Mayo, Ireland, which is in the central west coast of Ireland. She started playing golf at the age of 10. At St. Mary's Secondary School, she finished first in the All-Ireland School Singles and second in the All-Ireland School's Doubles Matches. She won two All-Ireland titles and seven provincial titles as well in the under-18 age bracket. She was selected to play for both her provincial and the Ireland under-18 teams. She got a scholarship to play her college golf here in the States at Campbell University. In 2001 and 2002, in that season, she was named to the All-Atlantic Sun All-Freshman Team. In the 2003-2004 year, she earned a spot in the Atlantic Sun All-Academic Team and finished tied for 16th at the Atlantic Sun Championship. And she helped the Lady Camels win the Atlantic Sun title that year by 26 strokes, strokes, folks. So now she is an LPGA teaching professional, a master U.S. kids instructor, and I'm thrilled to have her with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Michelle, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Chris, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So, Michelle, like I mentioned a moment ago, I, I read that you started playing golf at the age of 10 with your father. So help me understand, what got you so interested in the game of golf and taking it up at such a young age? So my dad and my um granda and my grand uncles used to play and then my dad used to take me to the driving range on friday evening and i wasn't completely sold on the whole golf thing but what i was sold on was um the little contest they used to have at the driving range and um, i used to win movie theater tickets every friday night and then my mom would let me take my friends to the movies on saturday so that was kind of what sparked my interest at the beginning i wanted those movie theater tickets and essentially i kind of fell in love with the game after that and Michelle, I also read your sister Laura was a really good junior player as well. So talk about playing, you know, yeah. with your sister and, and, and did you guys have a sibling rivalry or did you just like, you know, like playing the game together? Uh, no, we just like playing the game together. There's six years between us. So, um, I think the age gap was big enough that it really wasn't a rivalry. Um, she had a very good junior career and then she followed me over here to America. Um, I played at Campbell University, and right when I graduated from Campbell, I decided to move to Virginia, and she was looking at colleges at the time, so she decided to pick a college in Virginia, and she played for Old Dominion University. Um, she had a great four-year four career there, and then she came, and she's, we were teaching together now, so she actually has my second, the second location of the Michelle Home School of Golf, so she's got a p pretty big program going down there herself. And Michelle, as you know, we see here in the States when we're watching the Open Championship every year, we, we know that the weather over there is always a factor. And as they say, you can see all four seasons in a day. So I was curious, when, when you were growing up and playing in juniors mm -hmm. tournaments, what's the worst weather conditions you ever had to go out and play in? 
and um, probably actually the last um the last national title I won I actually won the Connacht Ladies Championship and I remember the weather was so bad I think I went through something like 11 gloves in the final round of it and I actually I think I won the match on the 16th so we didn't even play a full round and I think we went through 11 gloves in that in that round wow yeah, I've become so Americanized now. So when I go home now, you know, in the mornings, dad will come into my bedroom and he'll be like, Michelle, you want to go play golf? And I'll just hear the rain beating the window. And I'm like, dad, just leave me alone. And um, so he always gives me um, grief for being too Americanized now. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, you know, to that point, based on the things that you grew up having to play in, the, in those conditions, when, when players over here complain, whether it's too windy or maybe it's drizzling a little bit, do you laugh at them? How do you deal with people that don't want to get out if it's not just absolutely perfect weather? Uh, yeah, you do see that here a lot. And I remember um, I went home a couple of years ago and they had a junior tournament and the weather was really bad. And I was convinced this, you know, the, this tournament has got to be canceled today. And the organizers were looking at me like, no, the kids are going to play. And I was thinking if this was in America, you would be done for child cruelty or something. You know, <laughs> so it's just a... Uh, it's a different world, but that's all they have over there. That's what you grew up with. And, um, you know, it's it kind of going forward a bit. I thought, I remember when I came to America, I used to think, you know, all these American girls, they really have these great golf swings, and but they just didn't know how to play the game as well as, let's say, I thought the Europe, European players did. Um, and what I mean by that is I felt like the European players were able to scramble better. They played, played in more elements. So they were just able to get the ball in the hole just that little bit better, I thought. So it was interesting that I saw that as soon as I came to America. And Michelle, I, I have to believe that maybe European players are more mentally tough than maybe we are yeah. here because you've got to block all of those things out and focus on the job at hand. Talk about teaching kids. How, how do you block that stuff out when you have to deal with all of those conditions? Well, my kids, my kids here have kind of gotten used to the fact that I'm going to make them play in rain. And it's funny, um, you know, even at our local tour, like I run the local U.S. kids tour, and you know, if it's a rainy day, I'm going to make them play. They know I'm not canceling. And sometimes they'll complain about it, but years later they'll have a big tournament they have to play in, and they'll come back and say, you know what, thank you. All those days you made us go out there and practice and play in the rain, we're grateful for it now. So, Michelle, I got to ask, you know, uh, uh, how does a girl from the west coast of Ireland end up playing her college golf at Campbell University in North Carolina? Um, I, you know what? I actually still don't really know, but um, I got offered <laughs> a scholarship to play at Campbell, and I had never been to America before. And back then, recruiting trips really weren't the big thing. Like, there was no such thing as coming across on a recruiting trip. Um, so when I got to North Carolina, I really thought I was going to New York City. I mean, that's all I had ever seen on TV. So when I landed in the boondocks of North Carolina, I got the biggest culture shock of my life. I called my parents that night and I was like, where have you sent me? <laughs> so it was a big culture shock, but I absolutely loved my four years at Campbell and, uh, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world, but it really was a shock at the time. Yeah, so talk about know, the decision to come here. So the decision to come here, um, 
Well, I'm a bit of a free spirit, so I jumped on that right away. I can't remember how the scholarship offer came about, but as soon as as soon as that offer came, I was like, I'm going. There was there was, there was no no uh, turning back with that. Um, so I my parents just sent me off on an airplane. I had two suitcases. My coach picked me up at Campbell, and off I went. I figured life out from there. So how was the adjustment coming from Ireland to come here? All of a sudden you're in a you know a different country. You don't know anybody outside of a couple of times probably meeting your coach. Talk about assimilating in and and sort of making North Carolina now your your second home. So yeah, it was um, my roommate. She was from Lumberton, North Carolina. So she had the biggest redneck accent. And when she met me, when she walked in, she asked me. I spoke to her and she said, "I'm really sorry, but do you speak English?" So that was a tough start. I hadn't a clue what she was saying, and she hadn't a clue what I was saying. We ended up being the best of friends. Um, we actually ended up being roommates for three years, so um, it was fine. But no, as far as Campbell University goes, I mean, it's a, it's a small school, a, a huge golf program, a really good golf program. Um, it has a big international student base. I think my senior year, I think we had, I think, 11 girls on the team, and only one was American. So... Um, Again, international students tend to follow each other. You know, you, you just kind of tend to follow your own, I guess. So we, we met it like home. So, Tiger, what, what was your favorite memory from the tournaments in your time being there at Campbell? My favorite memory, um, let me see. I used to always love the trip to Kiowa Island. So I loved uh, Kiowa. And, um, of course, my favorite memories are probably just the wins with the girls. Um, you know, we won the ACC championship a couple of times. And... Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, they're, they're just times that, they were, that, you know, I always say if you can play golf, college golf, they're the best four years of your life. Michelle, now when you're working with junior golfers, you know, when I when I look at, and my son's a junior golfer, when I look at kids his age, he's in, he's in high school, and kids even younger than that, you know, such a short attention span kids have now, and it's more about instant gratification and all of those sorts of things. How do you keep your junior golfers engaged and, and, you know, wanting to come back and wanting to practice and having fun with the game? Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest, of course, of course you got to make it fun. So, you know, we follow the U.S. kids model of um, teaching through games, you know, from an early age. And we teach as much as we can on the golf course. We find the kids, you know, much prefer that. But I think the biggest reason our program has been such success is one of the things we do is you know everyone takes private lessons and then we also have group practices every week so you know we have a huge amount of juniors so I can really hand hand pick those practices so let's say at 4:30 on a Monday I might have a group of girls in that are between the age of 10 and 11 there'll be six girls in the group and those girls are about the, they're the same age they're about the same level and they're going to practice week in, week out at 4.30 together on a Monday. And I just feel like that's a huge part of why my program has been successful is that they're coming back, they're playing with their friends every week, and they're playing with people who are about the same ability or a little bit better than them, and that just helps push them. I guess, you know, I think the biggest thing, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I really think we've created, it's not just a golf lesson, we've really created a family in our program. So with kids that are age 10 and 11, now you've got the winter coming up. Mm -hmm. How do you keep them to want to come back and want to get back into the game of golf? And for all of us that are trying to keep the rust off our swings, I imagine kids that are 10, 11 years old, how do you keep them engaged over the wintertime? We are very lucky in that we have our own indoor facility. Um, 
So we are we just actually moved indoors. So we have an indoor facility about 10 minutes away from the golf course that we're at year round. And that indoor facility has two simulators and some hitting nets. And upstairs, we've got a one big like short game area. So the kids are loving the indoor facility. Obviously, gets them out of the cold and it lets them train through the winter. And we feel like then, you know, especially the competitive kids, they're hitting the ground running in the springtime when it comes tournament time. So we found that our tournament results in spring have been much better over the last couple of years since we've end, you know, since we've opened up that indoor facility. So they're really enjoying that. And Michelle. You tweeted out a great piece of advice for parents, not only for junior golfers, but just children athletes in general. And what you said was, the greatest gift you can give your child athlete is the freedom to play without fear. Be the calm in their game. Don't be the chaos. Talk about what you meant by that. Um, I mean, you just see so many kids. You know, I was at a big tournament recently, um, and I actually said to another coach, I said, I've, I've, I've rolled around the golf course and I've watched a lot of players. And I said, I feel like I've seen one kid today play without any kind of fear. And, you know, that, that's just a really sad case to me. So I really try and work on that with our, with our kids and parents in that you have, I mean, to be able to play this game, you have to have a clear mind. So I'm always begging my parents and, and, and caddies play the game when they turn up on a on a given day just let them go play golf let the result be the result let's deal with that tomorrow but let them play golf with a free mind you know i don't want them out there thinking oh what's mom going to say or what's dad going to say or what's my coach going to say so that's the question right where does that fear come from is that stuff that parents that we as parents instill in the child is that trying to live up to what our expectations are how do we turn that fear off uh, well, it's probably, well, probably a lot of different things. Probably a lot of it is just um, probably parents, you know, living through their kids a little bit um, or just, you know, wanting it too badly for their kids. Like, I think, you know, the biggest thing I see is, you know, parents really want it for their kids and they think that winning is going to make their child really happy. But really, I mean, if I was to line up my 10 best golfers and ask them what's the most important thing to them about golf, I guarantee not one of them would say anything about winning. They would say um, playing golf with my family or playing golf with my friends or, you know, just having fun with it. But I think that what a parent thinks the child needs and what the child actually wants, I think, are two different things. So we've got we've to be very clear on that. So have you ever had to pull a parent aside and, and try to level set their expectations so that the game could remain fun for one of your students? All the time. And I have absolutely no problem doing it when my parents know that. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm here for the kids. And so I have no problem speaking up on that kind of, on that kind of matter. And I do firmly believe that no matter how talented your child is, they have to really love this game. You know, you know, think about it, even the best players on tour, even if you get to tour level, and not many people have the chance to do that, but even if you get to tour level, you have to really love this game to want to stand out on that driving range and practice for 12 hours a day like you would have to if you were at a tour level. So, you know, no matter how far you can push your child, at some point they've got to take it on their own and they're going to have to really love it to want to be able to push it to that next level even if it's college i mean you think about college golf you're practicing four or five hours a day you've got to really love this game to want to do that so if you had students 
come to you and, you know, hey, lesson's over, that, that sort of thing. No, I want to stay. I want to do more. Help me with this. Show me that. Do you have students that are reaching out and that proactive because you can start to feel that they're starting to have a budding oh, yeah. love for the game? Oh, definitely. I mean, we to be honest, we see that every day. You know, people always ask me, how do you create such great golfers? I and mean, we've had a lot of good golfers come out of our program. And, you know, I really say, you know, it goes back to my mission. My mission is not to create a great golfer. My mission is to create experiences that encourage kids to play the game forever. And I think by creating those experiences and, of course, giving them good, you know, fundamentals, the kids, by creating those experiences, the kids just want to come back every single day. I mean, they're running in to see us. And, you know, when they want to come back every day and they're practicing every day, then all of a sudden we got some good golfers on our hands. Michelle, what's the nicest thing one of your students has ever said to you? What's the nicest thing? Actually, the first thing that Rink comes to mind is one of my little girls asked me to come to her Christmas and recital this past Christmas and when I and you know I've gone to plenty of things like basketball games and Christmas concerts and whatever else but when I got there and her grandmother had said how Hannah earlier that day had said and Michelle is just like family to me and that just kind of stuck because I mean she it's her she only has her immediate family here in the area and I was just so touched that she thought of me as you know, that person that she wanted to invite to that recital. So that really, that really stood with me. No doubt. But That's we fantastic. With, we, we deal with a lot of, you know, nice kids and nice families. So, um, you know, just going to work every day, I, I feel like the luckiest girl in the world. So it's, um, it's, it's been a fun journey with these kids. Michelle, just a couple more before we let you go. And you recently took a trip over to Kenya. Talk about what it was like and uh, what made you decide to go over there. So Kenya was an amazing experience, and I learned so much about life while I was over there. And so um, myself and Zoe Allen went. Zoe is a good friend of mine. She's a pro in in Northern Ireland, um, and we have a good friend in Manu Cassio, and he has a program over in Kenya. And just for a number of years now, we've kind of been saying to Emmanuel, "Yeah, we're going to come over." And then so I finally said to Zoe, "I said, come on, we got to do it." So um. We booked to go over, we were over there mid-October, and we were over there for two weeks, and we got to go into some um, council schools, and I guess you could say just help a lot of underprivileged kids, and just, and not even, I mean, we did teach them golf, but what I realized at the end of every day, it wasn't really the golf we taught them, it was just this time we got to spend with them, and um, it was just, it was a big eye-opener for me. It was a big life lesson for me. They have very little over there and they're so happy. And, you know, just even the kids, there was times where I had, you know, we had 50 to 60 kids in front of us and we couldn't even put golf equipment in their hands. They were just so eager and happy even just to, you know, swing with no equipment or no golf balls. You know, that was that was just a big eye opener to me. Had any of them ever played golf or knew what golf was? And we did, we did deal with some kids who had, um, and I know Kenya just had, I think, three or four kids last year at the World Championships, and we did see some of those kids over there. So that was lovely. And um, But as far as the council schools, we went into the underprivileged kids, and most of them had never played golf before. They maybe had played, you know, with Emmanuel and his program, but I'm not sure how often he gets to go in and see each school, but no, very little. 
but um, we did see some go- good golf swings and um, you know it was just amazing just to see how happy they were and just so eager to learn that was, that's what just stood out to me they were just so excited and eager to learn so Michelle what's what's up next for you what's going on with you over this winter and um, hopefully this improve in everyone's golf game let me see if I anything else going on. I'm going to go to the PGA show in January, so I love that show. And um, we just, I, I know you know, we just lost um, our home base golf course. So I'm going to be busy over the next month or so checking out all the other facilities in the area and trying to decide, you know, what facility we would like to go to and who would like to have us bring our program to their course. So we've got some figuring out to do. But we'll be at the indoor facility for the winter, so that's fine. We'll be there until about March, but we just need to find a a new home course for the kids um, come springtime. And your course just closed out of nowhere, right? One day everything was there, and the next day it was closed. Yeah. So we have been hearing rumors for a while, but to be honest, the rumors have been going on for so long that they kind of faded away again. And uh, But then just, yeah, last Sunday I was running a U.S. Kids Golf Tournament at the course, and I just finished the last presentation of the day, and then we got word from the pro shop that, hey, this is going to be our last day. So it was quite a shock. I actually still think I'm in shock. I don't think it has hit me yet, but I'm staying positive, and I feel like we will find a new spot, and, and all will be good. <laughs> Michelle, before we let you go, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, whether it's online or it's on social media? Okay, so we um, we do a lot on social media, and we have an Instagram page. It's called Michelle Holmes Golf, and we have a Twitter page. It's The handle is M Holmes Golf, and then we do a lot on Facebook as well. Our Facebook page is Michelle Holmes School of Golf. Questions or any parents want to reach out, I'd be glad to chat. Michelle, it's been great spending some time with you and having you as part of the show tonight. I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime. Love to hear about all the fun things that you've got going on and talk more junior golf and hear how things are going over the winter. You've been fantastic. Thank you for having Take me. Take care, Michelle. Okay, all the all best right, to you okay. and your family. Okay, bye-bye. That is Michelle Holmes, and um, wow. Talk about some great things. First of all, that lesson for parents, oh, by the way, you know, be the calm in their game. Don't be the chaos. I love that quote. I got that written down. And uh, so many great things that she is doing for junior golf up in that Virginia area. Please go check her out. Give her a follow online and on social media as well. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.